Listen to the Pompa Pompolano or whatever his name is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His podcast. Which one? There's like five brothers with that name on Twitter. Uh, I think he's like the main one. Yeah, the main one. <laughs> but he starts his off with uh, "Bang Bang." That's his thing. Oh, that's yeah. his like little call. And I was like, oh, I guess ours is like off to the shores. Yeah, you know? totally. So we got our we got our thing. We got our thing. <laughs> he's a Bitcoin bro. Yeah. A, a is it just at Pomp? Yeah, at Pomp. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He'll, uh, he'll, he'll feed you the Kool-Aid on the Bitcoin. Oh man. Yeah. I've drank pretty deeply. Of the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Suck it down. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is great though. I mean, it's, it's a lot of it has to do with crypto, but mostly it's, it's all the businesses around crypto, which is mm-hmm. just fascinating things I've never really understood before. Still don't. <laughs> yeah. There's a ton there that I, I mm-hmm. see words that don't mean anything to me. Yeah. Yeah. And again, we're talking about crypto. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, in local Texas news, Yeehaw. <laughs> Yeehaw. Um, Governor Abbott really yeah. pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> I know, like so much hate out there. <laughs> so much hate out there. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish we could like play a clip. Like, hey, uh, outrage, Jamie, play the clip. Yeah, but I mean, he says it, then he's like, he's like, yeah, but everyone, you know, keep you know, keep social distancing and doing your thing, and yeah, I guess he didn't say it in those words, but. Well, he said, so yeah, so, so Abbott lifted the mask mandate, the statewide mask mandate that's mm-hmm. been in place for eight months or whatever, yeah. uh, on March 2nd, nonetheless, Texas Independence Day. Um, <laughs> also read across America Day, uh-huh. in which uh, <laughs> Dr. Seuss was officially canceled. <laughs> Just six books. Just six books. Yeah. Only six. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was is interesting, all of those things colliding at once. But, uh, um so he lifted the mask mandate, but it was interesting. So like people are losing their minds yeah. about like how he's act like basically actively murdering people by mm-hmm. doing this. Um, all he did was lift the statewide mask mandate mm-hmm. and then say, we need to still stay vigilant. There's just no reason the state needs to be telling you what to do. Yeah. He didn't say stop wearing masks. Mm-mm. He didn't say, all he said is, I'm not telling businesses and people what to do. Yeah. You take care of yourselves. You're capable of that. Which I was like, that's a great thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I was like, when, as soon as I heard it, I was like, absolutely nothing's going to change in Austin. Yeah. Because people want to do, they want to do the masking and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I just couldn't believe like instantly, like the backlash the screaming and crying and gnashing of teeth and uh, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty well. I mean, I, cause it kind of makes sense though. It's like, you know, a national thing that is like, if, if, you know, the federal government acts in the best interest of the United States and then the state acts in the best interest of the state and then your County and the municipalities your, you know, should act in their best. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, and so it's like, once you come to a certain point of like, okay, Hey, now it's time for the counties and the cities to take, manage this as they see best, you know, or see fit. Yeah. So it doesn't mean stop wearing a mask. You know, it's, it's just like, Hey, okay, now it's time to be more surgical about this. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I couldn't get it because I thought, okay, the state has been telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. And the state just said, we're not, we're going to stop telling you what to do. And people are screaming like, Mm -hmm. like this is, the worst thing that the gut, the state could have done. And I'm like, why is it that people are so insistent that the, ta- the state tell them what to do? Yeah. And I think you made a good point and you were like, I think they just want the state to tell other people to do what it is that they want them to do. Yeah. And I think there's some truth to that. Mm-hmm. What is easier? I mean, especially for businesses is like, you know, this, if the state says, Hey, you know, you've got to wear masks, then we're just, we, we as businesses can be like, ah, you know, Hey, we've got to do this. Cause you know, that's what the state's telling us to do, but we're still living in Austin and <clears throat> Travis County. And it's like, mm-hmm. now it's up to them to kind of like, Hey, okay, we're going to direct policy now. You know? Right. Right. So it's not, I mean, again, like you said, nothing's going to really change here in well, Austin. Well, and I feel <laughs> like if you're pro mask, <clears throat> right. 
in some, at some level, I, f- I would expect that you'd be happy that Abbott is releasing control of this to the smaller communities because we're in Austin and Mayor Adler is surely going to say, keep wearing a mask, which he did on mm-hmm. Twitter and all of that. And so yep. it's like, great. Now I'm being told to do what to do by the guy I like rather than by the guy that I don't like. So how is this not a win? Yeah. You know, cause like, I don't know. I, th- I think in this like social media, internet, a- digital age, people forget that places are really different. Mm-hmm. You know, like Austin isn't the same thing as Lubbock. Yeah. Isn't the same thing as Amarillo. Isn't mm-hmm. the same thing as Odessa, New Bronzeville. Yeah. New Braunfels, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, they have, they have different, concerns, different geographies, different climates, different, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, so like it makes sense to allow those, those municipalities and cities to say, Hey, here's how we're going to do this now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was quite the, I I couldn't even look at uh, social media (laughs) yesterday. I was just like, uh, I'm, I I just kind of already know what's going to be said. (laughs) Right. So, well, the biggest thing that I saw that was said do my sound of my voice change? Are you pe- going through people? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I heard some reverb or something. <clears throat> um, well, so Biden called us Neanderthals oh, yeah, in response to this. Uh, or Neanderthal thinking, I think is what oh, he yeah, said. Yeah. We can't uh-huh. afford this Neanderthal thinking. Mm. So got to love the, uh, the, the, the unity. unity. <laughs> so much Goodness. unity happening. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I'm proud of Texas. I mean, I think we, Texas has always had a, a big, um, sort of like take care of yourself, personal responsibility, gumption mm-hmm. kind of thing. And, you know, it's in line with Texas. Yeah. And, you know, the, I, I, I don't think things are this way anymore, but I'm tempted to say like the great thing about living in a federalist society is, you know, well, you don't like California move, yeah. which a lot of people are doing right now. It's like, if you don't like Texas, <laughs> California's got vacancy. <laughs> totally. There's a reason why everyone's Head on moving out. to Texas right now. Yeah. Well, and also, I was listening to Elon Musk on Joe Rogan, and and they were both making, or maybe Joe was making the point. They were t- they were speaking super highly of Texas and Austin, mm-hmm. and so they just both moved from California. Yeah. And Joe said something uh, about how part of the magic of Austin is the blue city in a red state, mm-hmm. and how he hopes it stays that way. Yeah. You know, because he's like, you got the progressivism and the open mindedness and the arts, but you're like embedded in like guns and God. And I thought that's a great way to put it, you know, <laughs> I, I really love, I love that line. That's yeah, great. So good. It made me think again about that Frankel, Victor Frankel line mm-hmm. about how like health requires tension. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's why Texas is so healthy is we do have like a healthy tension of, you know, we've got some, some progressive liberal Mm -hmm. cities we've also got guns and god (laughs) (laughs) and it's like you can escape the cities too it's like you can go drive two hours and some person you know has a hundred acres and you can you know Mm -hmm. shoot guns unsupervised (laughs) (laughs) Uh ride four-wheelers unsupervised or whatever you know it's like it's almost like there's places where the the um the law doesn't quite reach. <laughs> well, I think that's why you and I also love Austin specifically is because it's a blue city, mm-hmm. but I love Texas as a red state. I mean, totally. I, I love that. I love that contrast and I love that. I mean, yeah. I think it's also because you and I don't really fit in the red and blue categories, right. Right, but it's right. like, um, <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> what color are we? <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with purple. It's, Pur- it's royal. Purple. Purple's royal. <laughs> Oh, Hannah, when she was little, we like asked her what her favorite color was. She was like, purple, purple, and purple. <laughs> like, we're, like we're dumb. Like, purple, don't poppy, you know purple. what my favorite color is? That's Everything is purple. Like she would steal things around the house that were purple and put it in her little box. So everything she had, but then also everything else that was purple, she has this little box that has purple things in it. Does she still have it? I, I don't know. I think so. I, it, this was like a couple of years ago. So My precious... <laughs> Purple. Pouch of purple. <laughs> totally. Mm. Now that makes Austin awesome. I think that was really, I, I, part of me was just sort of like, shh, don't tell everybody. Mm. <laughs> Joe, just Elon. keep it quiet. I know. Um, but I think it'll be interesting. So Texas and Mississippi, both at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, release the mask, statewide mask mandate. I feel like I just need to keep reiterating that. It's, all it is is a statewide 
mask mandate doesn't mean that there aren't mask mandates anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like every shop is free to require masks for as long as they want to. Yeah. You know, there's no rule preventing that. Mm -hmm. Um, but that, I think it makes 12 or 14 states that don't have them now. I didn't realize there was that many already. There's actually quite a few. I, I went to, um, oh, there's a website that said, like, who has mandates and who doesn't. And I saw a lot of no's, but it was at probably at least 15. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was quite a few. And then also to the extent of what that, what that means on there. Yeah. I, f- I forgot what those. I'll, I'll try to put that in the notes. Well, I wonder if, you know, the combining... You know the the hope of the vaccine, mm-hmm. which is which is you know <clears throat> they're saying now every adult by May, mm-hmm. um, you know plus the sort of natural change of season into spring, mm-hmm. um, the end of a year of all of this, yeah, you know and plus now some signs of easing from the government of at least at the state level, is all indication of you know a change for this next year. That excites me. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did have Biden say like by this time next year, right? Which was like, I was like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. I was having a conversation with someone. Um, how do I frame this? Like <clears throat> that ran a business and I was like, you know, when do you think you'll stop requiring masks? And they said, well, I guess, you know, when the experts or whoever state or whoever says that we don't have to anymore. And I was like, when do you think that'll be? And, they said, you know, when everyone's vaccinated, I assume. And then I thought, you know, I think at some point the decision's got to start moving to the individual. Like mm-hmm. this can't be, we, we're locked down required masks until the government says not to, mm-hmm. because people are just going to go against the government, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, there's plenty of places that I'm sure have statewide max mask mandates. Well, you know, I've been, I've been to some places in Texas. Mm -hmm. There was a statewide mask mandate. People did not wear masks. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the mandates there, the signs are up, but it's like, (laughs) they're not doing it. Yeah. So that's going to happen. So people are going to stop doing it before the government says to stop doing it. Mm -hmm. So to put, so a move to put the decision-making back on the businesses and the individuals, I think you are going to start seeing businesses say, you know what? I think we're just going to open up and if you don't want to come, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like you do your own risk assessment. Yeah. It's your right as an American, you know? Well, it's, it definitely seems that at whatever point this is, whether it's next year as Biden talks about, or two months from now, you know, you're going to have to go through that gray area of that decision tree. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, this is not, I'm not putting a time frame on this, but it just, it, it's just inevitable that as things start to open up, because some people are going to be like, you know, is 50% people vac- vaccinated good? Is 70%, 80%, 90%, 100%, you know, like, or never. I mean, I've heard things like where people are like, look how the flu has gone away. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, we should just mask all the time. All the time. Yeah. Like I had a conversation recently that was, I was like, I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> there has to be some sort of like, you know, what is your, what is the risk assessment of this is like, uh, you know, is it just so that we can eradicate all the, like what, like, again, I, I think too, like the one thing that came to me this week was I was thinking about is how univariate this is. Like we're only looking from one direction and not understanding the impact it's had on our kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, our psychology, our depression, um, social, like we're social beings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to get together. That's why you have burning man, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, good point. It's like we, we need these, these festivals and these gatherings in order to release, to be know, healthy, and, to be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's, that's built into our DNA from, right. Well, there's dancing around the fire <laughs> yeah. as Neanderthals, no. <laughs> or, you know, burning man or ACL or whatever, yeah. you know, it's like, or even just like your neighborhood bar. Yeah. There you go. You know, mm-hmm. just going and being around people. Like there is mm-hmm. something really, really important, uh, you know, and some people have higher tolerances to it normally, you know, some people are introverts, some people are extroverts, but I think, yeah. I think, Everybody can say, you know, at some point, it's like you need to be in a crowded, sweaty place. Mm-hmm. 
like there's something about that that connects you with being human mm -hmm. and spending enough time without that has a cost. Yeah, <clears throat> it really does. Um, you know, it's like why we hug yeah, or even kiss. Uh -huh. <laughs> like how strange a thing is that? <laughs> it's like, I like you. I want to put my lips on yours. <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, like, like we should <laughs> swap spit. I think that would be a good way to show each other how we feel. Isn't that funny? Like, I can't even say French kissing. But I don't even know the last time I talked about French kissing. Like, but like, <laughs> like who came up with that? It, I mean, it, I think it. Well, it makes sense though. Uh -huh. You know, it's like once you do it, you're like, oh yeah, I get I, why I, you I, would do that. <laughs> totally makes sense <laughs> and it's not just pleasurable uh -huh. it's also it has a, a connecting effect in a way yeah maybe it's just the um like sharing vulnerable personal space mm -hmm. so whether that's to be in a crowded bar mm -hmm. among strangers or <laughs> to put your tongue in someone else's <laughs> mouth <laughs> you know <laughs> do you remember your uh, first french kiss i assume it was A girl in high school named, I don't know if I'll name her. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> Probably not wise. <laughs> I don't really, no, I don't, I don't really remember it. Yeah. Not, vi not vividly. I remember my first kiss very vividly. Mm -hmm. Fiesta, Texas, laser light show. <laughs> Seventh grade. Wow. <laughs> so romantic. <laughs> oh, it scared the hell out of me. Uh-huh. Yeah. I called it off the next day. I was like, I'm way too terrified. <laughs> Girl, scare me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And then I had a change of heart like two days later, and she mm. was like, No, nope, you <laughs> missed, your chance. missed your chance with me. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I remember, I remember, like, I remember the first time I put my arm around a girl in a movie theater. Oh my God. I don't think I watched the movie. It was just sort of like, Okay, do now. How do I do this? What do you do that one? You know, <laughs> just like concentrating on every muscle in your arm. What is it doing? Yeah. Is the pressure right? Is it <laughs> all of a sudden it's going to sleep? Oh, uh, uh, but truth or dare, I think was probably my first one. Mm, truth or dare, French kiss mm -hmm. edition. Yeah, Dang. we call it the whirlpool. The whirlpool. <laughs> That's what a French kiss was called. Yeah, well, you probably weren't very good at it. Then. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. What, I think it was fifth grade. Or was something. he like clockwise or counterclockwise? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, uh, it was silly. Yeah. But I think we, you know, I think we need it and I think it's going to, I am hopeful that it's slowly going to start coming back and, um, <laughs> fringe kissing specifically. <laughs> it's like, what are we talking about? Now? Yeah. <laughs> um, no, just, just being around people and people taking some risk. Yeah. Um, because I also think, and I think we've talked about this before, like risk is also really important. Mm -hmm. It's important to health. <clears throat> And the longer we spend risk averse, I think the more we're going to sort of atrophy. Like I've been thinking a lot about my, you know, the, the kids missing school, for example, or, or, you know, even the online school, which is just barely above worthless. Um, <laughs> um, well, like how damaging that's going to be to mm. this whole generation of kids and how damaging it's going to be. Oh, I read this really interesting article about um, the cultural re revolution in China. Mm -hmm. And how one of the things that happened was they basically, due to like equity reasons, stopped uh, basically allowing anyone into college. It just like stopped educating. Really? Yeah. Like recently or? No, no, no. It was oh. like in the 60s. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, under Mao. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, China is <clears throat> just recently sort of got its footing as a, as a global power. Yeah. And I thought, I wonder how much of that has to do with what they went through in that cultural revolution under Mao That's fascinating. and how far back that set them in terms of, um, the development as a country, <clears throat> Yeah, you know, and I think we take for granted that the United States has been the superpower in the world for so long that we, we don't really ever think about that changing, mm -hmm. but we are really actively not educating our kids right now. And that's going to have an effect a couple decades down. Mm-hmm. Or even it's it's not fringe anymore too. It's like how we're talking about mathematics and STEM, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know how they're inherently <clears throat> racist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it still seems fringe to me, but well, it I seems like every day I'm hearing about it. I'm hearing a lot more about yeah. it, which is really fascinating to me. 
like math is math. It builds bridges, uh, airplanes. I mean, most of our civilization is built on math and engineering. <clears throat> All the cars we drive, and it's like, yeah, <clears throat> it, it's just such a useful tool, and to and to politicize it in that way, it just seems so, um, so damaging. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, I read that. I don't know if it was in Boston or Virginia. They have now stopped allowing anyone else into advanced placement classes, AP classes, um, over concerns about racial inequity. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Like, you're just going to squander our overperformers, like Mm -hmm. the ones that are hungry to learn. Yeah. Um, You know, and I've... I know the difference between AP classes and non AP classes and Mm -hmm. it is night and day. Mm -hmm. So the people who actually want to learn, you're just not going to teach them anymore because you're worried about the racial makeup of that group. I mean, sure. Be concerned about the racial makeup and let's do something about that and talk about that. But Mm -hmm. to just stop teaching is awful. Mm -hmm. I mean, for, for, for the children but also for our communities and our country. I don't really hear anyone talking about the future of our country in terms of like, what do we want to do? And do we want to be well-educated and innovative and um, generative? Mm-hmm. I mean, we always have, I think it's kind of been implicit into the American way, but I don't know that that gets retained through all of these cultural changes we're encountering. Yeah. At least not with some catastrophe to remind us. Like, there's a lot of really cool and interesting things to do in the uh, world. and But you don't get to do them if you don't, like, struggle through some basics <laughs> yeah. to learn, you know, to learn math, to learn the scientific re- method, to, you know, study some amount of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, philosophy, calculus, mm-hmm. history. Underst- I mean, there's such a there's so many so many things that we need to know and learn that yeah. are, you know, just even the power of you know, man discur- this mankind dis- or humankind. <laughs> just stumbling all over everything. Now. <laughs> Discovering fire, you know, the wheel. You don't have to be politically correct on this podcast. I <laughs> know, but <laughs> it's just it's just uh, you know when you read all the tweets about all this stuff, you're mm, like, yeah. <laughs> anyways, maybe uh, we maybe somebody just needs to take Twitter offline. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You and I get a lot of That's information true. I get from a lot there. Of information from it, which is funny. Like I've. You know, it's also just a cesspool. Yeah, it's it's hard. But I, I have this, you know, again, I, you follow these certain people and then I read some of the comments and then once it gets kind of unreasonable, then I just stop, you mm-hmm. know. Um, Instagram is more for me feel good. So when people post political stuff on Instagram, I'm just always like, eh, burp, burp. <laughs> wrong place. Take <laughs> it to Twitter. <laughs> Take it to Twitter. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I do get a lot of, I, I come across a lot of good articles and graphs. I love graphs. So <laughs> I, I always love seeing graphs, um, which I wasn't a Twitter person up until you yeah. stupidly <laughs> sucked me into it. Got that. you addicted. <laughs> yeah. I haven't, I've never posted on Twitter, but, <laughs> but I do look at it. Yeah. Hmm. What's the thing is I don't want to, I don't want to post on Twitter. It's a, I don't, I'm not interested in that conversation. Right. But I, I'm, I'm, I enjoy the information I get from it, not the, not the stupidness from it, though. Right. Yeah, I think as long as you mostly stay out of the comments, the mm. replies to the people you follow, it's it's not bad. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's easier said than done. Yeah, totally. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how some people do it. Like Abbott got like every response basically to his tweet announcing the mm-hmm. the mask mandate lifted was. <clears throat> Like, I feel like the things people were saying in response, if I ever caught one of my kids talking to someone that way, I would ground them. Yeah. Like, it was just so nasty, so hateful. And people are just, they just feel like they have license to do it on Twitter. I don't know how someone like Abbott or anyone who's getting a lot of, you know, sort of 
mob hate on these social media platforms like can stand it. Yeah. How their character holds up to it. Yeah, you definitely have to kind of have a some tough skin to to take that on. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, or just hire someone to post for you. Don't ever look at it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I mean, it, but I think that's that comes with notoriety. Um, True. You know, any sort. If you're going to do well, I mean, I think if you're going to do anything of significance, that's coming. That that's comes. coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be able to um, learn to manage it. Like a lot of people I've, 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 we follow is like that have come into some sort of prominence. Uh, it sounds like most of them have a period where they go through kind of almost depression mm-hmm. and just, but at some point they kind of accept that part of it and they move on mm-hmm. and that it doesn't have the same impact. Um, but I think that's also part of the whole, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know, <laughs> it's like you have to learn that, you know, words don't have the power that. that oh, somebody sent me a great meme about that, though. They were really? like kids in the 90s. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Mm-hmm. Adults in 2020. Words are literally violence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it has. It has gone that way where we're so easily offended by what somebody says that it's, it's, it's almost become irrational because mm-hmm. it, it's not even intention. Well, it's it, just, it's, it's, it, it is absolutely irrational, which is, mm-hmm. a, which is why I think that there is this attack on rationality itself and mm-hmm. an attack on science and math specifically like mm-hmm. those seem like nonsensical <clears throat> things to attack and at some level. But I think that's the whole point is that if you want to have an irrational response to someone and be morally justified, mm-hmm. you have to attack rationality itself and say you, you rationalizing this is part of the problem. Mm-hmm. It's part of my offense. Yeah. So if you want me to stop, if you want to fix it, you've got to go, you got to get rid of all of those things. Which is basically just saying you just have, you have to agree with me. You have to agree with me. Yeah, which is which is a full stop, uh, non-starter. Like you can't live in a society full of people who say you have to agree with me, mm-hmm. because there will always be someone who doesn't agree with you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't just. Yeah, I think we kind of went into this two episodes ago, mm-hmm. but it's like you either you know, you either kill those people or you just stop living around them. Uh-huh. And at a countrywide level, you don't really have the opportunity to stop living around other people who live in the country. And it's more dangerous too. It's like, you need that diversity of thought and ideas. Mm-hmm. And, and if we start to segregate ourselves up on any sort of, whether it be party lines, racial, uh, religious, I mean, there's, it's, it, it's just not good or healthy for us. It's like, we need to be around people that are different from whatever culture or, you know, religious background that you are from. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, it keeps us from making big mistakes mm-hmm. <laughs> and getting into our echo chambers of, you know, how you think, you know, like you need to, uh, you know, religious people need to have atheist friends, you know, Hindus need to have Buddhist friends and right. <laughs> on and on and on, you know, it's like. It keeps us well, just going back to the idea of like communing with people and the necessity mm-hmm. of that is one of the things that's so important about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do you like going to a rock concert or a bar or, <clears throat> you know, these community things? Because there's all kinds of people there. Yeah. There are people there who aren't like you. That's what makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, or they're like you in one thing. Yeah. They like Def Leppard. They're like you enough way in enough. They are like you in enough ways that you can comfortably be around them, but then just be delighted and surprised by how wildly different they are in other mm-hmm. ways. And you're like, you know, you get into a conversation with a stranger at a bar and they start talking about something like you first, at first you get along. Mm-hmm. I think we had, you and I had a conversation with one guy one night at a bar where <laughs> uh, he, he came over and sat down with us and we had started having this really good conversation <clears throat> I think you and I were already having a really good conversation yeah. and he was like, Ooh, I want to get in on that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he just took like a left hard left into, uh, uh, what's it called? Ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. <laughs> and 
wouldn't shut up about it for like 30 minutes. And it was like, that's so interesting though, you know, <laughs> totally. like, um, yeah, it's one of the things we love about it. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you are going to demand, if the, if the culture is primarily going to demand that everybody agree with you, then I think you're also incentivized to keep things locked down, mm. to keep the masks on, to keep social distancing. Wow. So metaphorical of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's for the same reason that you've got to attack rationality. Mm-hmm. You know, you also have to attack people who enjoy people who disagree with them, mm-hmm. but it's not that direct. It's more like, you know, you shouldn't gather. There might be, you know, dissenters there. Yeah. Which is funny. Like I, I, I kind of tout this a little, maybe a little bit too much, but like, because I don't really feel associated with a party. It's like, I kind of feel like I agree and disagree with everybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have a, like, but I also know that there's certain people that I can go there with and there's certain people I can't go to disagreement with. Yeah. yeah. Like, like there are, there's even a, lo- a certain level of like, even if I might agree with somebody, I'm going to, you know, push back on it, you know, mm-hmm. just because like, well, let's, let's think about this a little bit further. And I know that some, you know some people are not not willing to go there, yeah. you know, and and that that always kind of like that always kind of saddens me a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I'm sure there's areas that I'm not willing to go to. Hmm. I don't know what those are. <laughs> I've never known you to not want to go somewhere <laughs> intellectually. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> oh, there you go. Uh, but I, I think one person that does challenge me there is probably Allison because she, she kind of goes into areas that are, are a little bit more softer, like mm. those emotional places. <laughs> she knows those places in you. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's like, I can always feel myself pushing back intellectually and I'm like, <laughs> damn it. Okay. <laughs> Ease up. <laughs> so, yeah. The look on your, th- that response and the look on your face was very much like 13 <laughs> year old who doesn't want to do the dishes. Damn it. All right. <laughs> but it's so good. It's, it's, but it's more of like a, again, having somebody that, that has a, a certain wisdom in an area that I don't have. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, even though I'm reluctant, just being with her has made me more accepting to go to those places, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's like, that's why it's important for Democrats to have Republican friends and Republicans, friends, Democrat friends, because they actually might find that they agree on yeah. things a little bit more closely than they think they do. Right. And, uh, and they're not as polarized as I think somewhat the media makes it out to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Does the, um, you want to talk about the Dr. Seuss thing for a second? I don't really. I think it's just dumb. Okay. It doesn't concern you. Well, it concerns me. Well, maybe we can talk about it. I just, I, I'm just curious. Like, cause I think you could take, you Let's absolutely could take it. that position of like, this is just dumb. Yeah. Like it's not worth my time mm-hmm. to talk about it. I, I kind of feel that way too, but I also kind of feel like, hold up though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is really <clears throat> absurd. And it's Dr. Seuss. So it's, it's, it's really difficult. Cause I, I've like, I, I hear the arguments from my friends on the left and then my arguments from my friends on the right. And I just feel like this is not something that we need to be politicizing. No, it, it, absolutely not. Like on either side of this, it's mm-hmm. just sort of like, it's a children's book. It's, it is dated. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, I, yeah, I did. I just heard these arguments. I'm like, that's it's a really weak argument. Mm-hmm. You can make that argument. Well, <clears throat> I just, I guess, I worry a bit about the precedent that it sets. Uh, okay, that part, that's yeah, that's different. Because yeah. I was, I, I was thinking today, like, okay, let let me just go with it for a second and say, you know, these there were aspects of Dr. Seuss that were offensive and aspects of some of his books that were offensive. Okay. Grant you that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are aspects of almost everything which are offensive to someone. Totally. So, you know, I don't want to like even steel man, the Dr. Seuss, like 
racist thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just thinking, what is the principle here? Is, is it, is it that the work depicts racism? Okay. Um, the Bible depicts a hell of a lot of racism. Mm. So what is the principle and how are we going to apply it? Yeah. Like, do we cancel the Bible? You know, I don't think you're going to get away with that. <clears throat> Although I've been surprised by a great many things over the last <laughs> year. So, you know, I mean, it's like, I don't think we're really, well, again, we're not being rational about this. We're not thinking <laughs> about what, what does it mean that to do what we're doing? Mm-hmm. It's like just these knee jerk. What is the, um, COA reactions, oh. cover your ass reactions, uh-huh. you know? Um, so that's what concerns me. You know, it is stupid. Mm-hmm. And it almost kind of feels like a troll move. Yeah. It's like, I, I bet you we could cancel Dr. Seuss. Uh, I could go to town on, on so many things in yeah. this area like that. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your problematizing skills have, uh-huh. have really grown. <laughs> Matt and I do this, uh, this exercise where if we're, we, we have a subject, then one of us takes the opposite view. And uh, <laughs> it's really fun to, it's fun <laughs> to do. You should try it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, whether you agree with it or not, you take the opposite view of the person and, and, and you basically role play it out. And it's really fun. <laughs> but then again, it's like up until like, I think I forgot who was making this point, but up until like 10 years ago, you'd pretty much have to like disc- discount everyone. Cause I mean, like as far as like, you know, some sort of like religious, um, mm. uh, you know, racial, uh, geographic, social, uh, social, political. I mean, yeah. The, people in the past held different views. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's not controversial no. or arguable. Like it's the Irish and the Italians, you right? Know? It's right, like, right. They were horrible to each other. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of like anti-Irish and Italian racism mm-hmm. in this country mm-hmm. for a while, and to each other too. And to each other, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if the principle is that, that anyone from the past who had a different view or had a view that you now consider wrong, mm-hmm. you're just going to have to cancel the whole past. <laughs> it's just like, and maybe honestly, that is what people are proposing, proposing <laughs> wipe the slate clean, get rid of science, get rid of math. Like just got to start over. Yeah. You know, I mean, let's go live in trees. And <laughs> if somebody wants to work on that project, like <clears throat> have at it. Yeah. But in the meantime, we got to do things like, um, like not die mm-hmm. and our civilization holding together is pretty important to that. Yeah. We need people to build bridges. Yes. We need buildings. We need, I for one sewer system enjoy <laughs> using the bathroom inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't really want to go back to digging a hole in the backyard and, you know, <clears throat> sleeping with a gun next to my dead bed to fight poachers or not poachers. <laughs> Uh, those poachers. you know, uh, thieves off. Get a rhino in your house. Or <laughs> yeah, <something? laughs> right. Well, you never know. <laughs> you know, the simula- simulation could take a wild turn. <laughs> um, well, there's one thing I didn't know. I was thinking of, uh, something Joe Rogan said to Elon Musk on that episode I was telling you about was that I guess I'm, I'm just going to assume it's true. Cause Joe said, <laughs> um, there are more, tigers in captivity in Texas than there are in all of the wild in the entire world. <laughs> uh, yeah. He said that I would definitely want to fact check that. Yeah, but well, you can fact check. I totally would believe it though. Honestly, <laughs> but that means that there are enough tigers where I was like, could I just run into a tiger sometime? Like, what if it gets out and I'm just, <laughs> you know, I think that has happened actually. Uh-huh. <clears throat> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Like here I am all the time just walking around thinking I'm in no danger of a tiger attack, <laughs> but that might not be true. <laughs> There's more tigers you know, in Texas. If you cancel another Dr. Seuss book, I, tiger attacks might just start <laughs> happening. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's funny. I, that kind of ran through my, my mind just now. I was like, we, we we're kind of, it, this is somewhat humorous to us. And it, but at the same time, this is like not humorous to people. No, no, they're very serious. It's very serious. It, there's, <clears throat> there's a sort of life or death aspect to it. And it's not about conversation or discussion. It's like something that is of the utmost seriousness that 
that is to disagree with or to be contrarian, you know, whether out of, you know, just genuine questioning someone's, you know, line of thinking, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, which I just don't, I I don't get, it's like, you need to have a little bit of humor (laughs) in these subjects, you know, it's like, it's helpful uh, to lighten it a little bit, you know, and, and to hopefully get to the center of whatever we're discussing and, and trying to figure out and understand. And it's like, like in my mind, no book should be banned. Mm hmm. You know, and I think it's, it's interesting to me is like, I've, I'm finding right now that the, that the, I would say far left is, is similar to the far right of the 1980s religious movements, you know, uh, where, you know, uh, there was a lot of like, you know, cussing and sexual, how we displayed sex on TVs and movies and, uh, you had this sort of religious right that was just almost oppressive on the other, in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And I find that on the other side right now, the left is being that oppressive um, movement that was, I would say, characteristic in the 80s with the right. Right. Um, which is really ironic. So, like, the right, the left was supposed to be the open-minded and free-thinking, you know, side of things. And right. the right was supposed to be more, you know... Oh, it's a t- to the motorcycle. Interesting. <laughs> that was a lion roaring. It was a crotch rocket on I thirty five. I can't believe we could hear that. I in know here. the other guy's <clears throat> moving fast. We had to work on our sound isolation. <clears throat> I mean, we're in our very sophisticated studio. That's right. Um, that I mean, that is an interesting observation. That it does seem like the the um, intolerant thinking has gone to the side that built its reputation on tolerance, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting statement because I think there are many people who would say that that's absolute blasphemy. Yeah, totally. Hmm. Well, yeah. So, okay, let's talk through that. So any, no book should be banned. Mm -hmm. I mean, and to be fair, you know, like the government hasn't officially banned it. It's just, Oh yeah, no, you know, Biden, chose not to mention Dr. Seuss on Dr. Seuss Day's birthday and the publisher said that they're no longer going to publish those six books and mm-hmm. there's a massive, you know, uh, support of this from a certain amount of population. So, yeah. I mean, it's an effective banning. And I think the thing is, you don't really need a state-sanctioned banning when enough of the public bans something. Um, but so no, no book should be banned. I, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, I think that we do, or we did maybe a, a decent job of figuring out how to operate in that space though. Mm-hmm. It's like no book should be banned. Also, we're not going to sell uh, nude art photography books in a children's bookstore. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that book's you can buy that book if you want, but not here, mm-hmm. you know? So, <clears throat> you know, maybe same with, um, uh, I don't know. I don't. I, don't I see you're going with it, and I think there's there's this is interesting because this is more of the gray area, and um, and I can hear the arguments from many sides on this, which uh, which makes it a little bit confusing. Like there is a place, like you don't put, you know, Fifty Shades of Gray in the children's book section, right? Like that's just not appropriate, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so that, so there is some, there's, I think there's a certain amount of wisdom that you are able to categorize and put books in like adolescent right, right. books are not the same as 50 shades of gray again. You yeah. Know? Um, but should you be able to buy both at half price books? Yeah. You know, well you can, mm-hmm. and we're all just fine with that. <clears throat> yeah. And you could say like, because, uh, because they're a, you know, a independent, bookstore that they can sell whatever they want to. And it's like, okay, I get that too. Uh, well, like maybe it's just a different market that's opening up too. It's like, as people are being more restrictive in their, in their ways that there'll be other markets that open up. I mean, Amazon's really a difficult one because it is such a huge, um, but this is actually the, the, the Dr. Seuss trust or whatever it is. They're the mm-hmm. ones who are taking it off. Right. 
Well, again, it just goes back to the principle for me. Mm -hmm. Because if the principle is offensive content should not be available, well, I mean, isn't Fifty Shades of Grey plenty offensive to certain people? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's dominant subjugation, uh, misogynistic. I think it's even rape kind of stuff, too. It's like a rapist, rape. Ask <laughs> at least adjacent. Adjacent. <laughs> oh, I hate that word. <laughs> I mean, that's why. You I know. Good job. Um, Good show. That you know, job. it's like you, you kind of unleash someone's problematizing skills on that, and they can come up with plenty in mm-hmm. plenty of time. I, you know, should it exist? I think it should. Mm-hmm. I think that art in general exists to explore ideas. Yeah. And, and a large part of its value, if not maybe all of its value in some sense, is to show us what ideas we don't like. Mm-hmm. Because it is spa- it's a space to like try these things on. Say, you know, what would it be like if I could put myself in, the, in the, this character and do these things? Mm-hmm. And, and your own internal response is like, oh, that feels really, I don't feel good about this, mm-hmm. about what this person's doing. And it's, this is how you explore ideas. Yeah. So I think that art should be an open, open space. Now there is a time and a place, mm-hmm. you know, my parents wouldn't let me watch, watch rated R movies when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Totally support that. I remember like when I was a kid, there was a, um, back in VHS, uh, faces of death. It was like, mm. like real life video recordings of, of people dying. Oh yeah. E-bombs but, world. Yeah. That, that was a crazy rush. Yeah. And I remember like my parents was, would not let me <laughs> see it. Wouldn't let you see it. Yeah. But I was like, no, I don't think I really wanted to either. <clears throat> but at the same time, there was a little bit of like, Ooh, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to like, well, cause I, you know, this stuff is possible. Mm-hmm. Like even when you're a kid and you're laying in your bed at five years old, it's mm-hmm. like the, the atrocious stuff that your mind comes up with mm-hmm. that might happen to you at night. is just like endless, <laughs> totally. you know? So uh, you, you <clears> actually <throat> see something like that and you're, you're, you're drawn to it. Mm-hmm. Not because you like it, but because it's, Unknown. Oh, that's yeah. It's like, it's like, pulling the unknown into the known in some sense. And then you look away and you're like, that's enough. I don't, it's no, it's known enough now, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, but to just leave everything unknown in the unknown and to demand that we stay in the known. I mean, I guess this is a safe spaces idea. Well, I think it's hard to think <clears throat> I mean, even when you like, uh, I mean, I think pornography would be a, um, would be one of those or even children's pornography, you know, it's like, child what do you call it child pornography mm-hmm. yeah it's like it's like we have as a society said no that's not okay and it's like i can agree with that you know it's like you know it's not a consenting adult and we've we've chosen our society that 18 is a is a consenting adult yeah, you yeah, know yeah. i agree and that make that makes sense to me i think there's wisdom in that right i that's a good point so like as i said like art should be open mm-hmm. but there are limits on that Mm-hmm. There needs to be for a function, functioning society, for, yeah. for a civilization to hold together. Again, mm-hmm. this idea that, you know, there are things that can happen that can pull the society down and the ramifications of that are, well, we go back in time to the stone age or whatever. But isn't it funny, like you and I are also almost, I think this is why it's difficult and that why we need to have the conversations because at one point you and I are saying, no books should be banned. Right. And then we're also saying on the other side, it's like, well, there are exceptions. There are exceptions. Mm-hmm. And that is where the conversation, but I feel like the, the overarching principle should be no books should be banned. Right. Like that's, sh- and then it has, there has to be significant evidence or convincing argument that, certain books or things should, should be banned, like, you know, child pornography or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, the consenting thing in my, my view, whether I even agree with things that are consented, that's a whole nother thing. Like Mm I, I would not, I would not want to personally intake certain things are consenting that just don't agree with. Mm -hmm. But like in that situation, well, that's the interesting thing. That's, that's makes sense to me. I think on the child pornography front, like, I don't think you really have 
many people disagreeing that mm-hmm. that is the line. Yeah, yeah, totally. I don't think and so it's either. Like, no. Where it gets weird is I think, you know, someone might say, well, this Dr. Seuss thing is just as bad. Mm-hmm. It's just as damaging. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay. I tend to disagree, but you should be able to say that. And we need to come to cultural consensus on that. Yeah. And that's going to require that we talk about it. Mm-hmm. And this how this just happened, like, flick of a switch. Yeah. It's not like we, <clears throat> anyone discussed this. Uh-huh. You know, someone said the magic word, you know. I think there was actually, like, a, a panel of educators. Right, and who decided like for the rest of us. Yeah. And that's not how this should work. Yeah. You know, a panel doesn't decide what we are you know, what we get to read and what we don't get to read. Well, even the burden of proof. I mean, like, like there's, there's one where it talked about how there was this white baby on a tiger cage and there was some Asian type characters carrying it. I, I, again, this is really vague. And, and so I, I could see the argument that was made for mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> but at the same time I was, is like, is, is it a little bit of a stretch? I think so, but mm-hmm. again, I, I have to look at this a little bit more closely, but I just think there's, there has to be a little bit of <clears throat> who is it making the, like every cartoonist is like every cartoon is a caricature of, you know, like Czech people. I'm Czech. It's like, there's a certain caricature of Czechs where, you know, somewhat narrow faces and, <laughs> you know, it's like they're the, the cartoons in general are characterizations of, well, they're, they're stereotypes, stereotypes. There you go. Yeah. And that's really fascinating because at a certain cognitive level, the only way that you can recognize something is via stereotypes. Mm. I mean, it is the thing that your brain recognizes first to say, I know something about this Mm -hmm. now, especially in children. Yeah. Because what we teach this, teach them this all the time. You know, like what was that? It's that like toy every kid had when I had one when I was a kid, and my kids had them. Where it's like <laughs> the you cow sp- and the moo. Yeah, you spin the <laughs> the cow goes moo. You know, right? It's like you're you're teaching them stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Stereotypes of cows, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. But, no, but really, what it is is pattern recognition. Mm-hmm. Can we teach our children to recognize patterns? Yeah, because it is necessary to recognize patterns in order to engage in a world full of unknown things. Mm -hmm. So now the thing is that once you start growing up, you have to mature and then understand that not everything is defined by the pattern that I recognize. Mm. The fact that I recognize a pattern here, i.e. a stereotype does not mean that that defines the thing. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's really, it it falls to me in one of these categories that's super interesting to me because, you know, we are culturally like absolutely against discrimination Mm -hmm. as we should be. Mm -hmm. Um, However, we are absolutely dependent on discrimination as Mm -hmm. well. Good point. So for instance, uh, this isn't my point. I don't know who I pulled this from, but like, you know, do you discriminate in sexual partners? Yes, you do. And you should. Mm -hmm. And absolutely no one should tell you to stop doing that. Mm -hmm. And if they did, that would be an absolute violation of your, you know, sort of like almost most fundamental rights in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we, when you start thinking of discrimination as only a bad thing, you forget that it's also a necessary tool as well. Mm -hmm. It's just when it's misused. Yeah. So it's the same thing with uninformed. Yeah. The idea of stereotypes, but the point about you were making about cartoons is like cartoons don't exist without stereotypes Mm -hmm. because that's all that they are. They are representations of something else that you only recognize as that something else because they fit a cat, a pattern in your mind. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you would be watching colors and shapes that meant nothing to you. (laughs) So, you know, uh, that's so it's so so maddening to me about you know like things like the Simpson, Simpsons coming under fire. Oh yeah, you know, for the color of their characters or the color of the voice actors. Mm-hmm. It's like, don't forget, this is all made up, mm-hmm. and the only reason it means anything to you 
is because of your ability to recognize patterns Mm -hmm. and also subvert those patterns. Like no one is bothered that the Simpsons skin color is yellow, even though there's not a person on the planet who's not almost dying of jaundice, whose (laughs) skin looks that way. You know, the the suspension of belief is there. You know, we recognize the pattern of an, of a human and they don't look like humans. Like Bart has like skin, skin cones (laughs) for hair, you know, but this doesn't bother anyone. Uh So, I don't know what the point I'm making here is exactly, but what's well, just hard. I, I, you and I were just talking about this before the podcast. It's like, and I, again, these are worth, these are things worth talking about. I don't want to like gloss over that, but, but there are so many amazing things. Like right now we have this thing on Mars taking pictures mm. and you can, every day it's updated. It's you like follow it on Twitter. It's I one know. of the best parts. It's so cool. You know, um, I mean, there's this whole thing with, you know, we're talking about economy and inflation and the dollar and fiat and Bitcoin. And, you know, you know, we've got businesses that are like, you know, are, are loved here in Austin. And I guess it's, it's actually, it's, there's nationwide for the most part is not nationwide, but it's in a few other States, you know, our Alamo draft house mm. filed for bank, you know, bankruptcy today. That broke and it's my heart. Like, what the hell dude it's like like that is like uh, if you live in Austin you know that especially as a parent that you can go and have a meal get a babysitter for three hours because they're freaking expensive mm-hmm. have a meal watch a movie have a good time in three hours you're home mm-hmm. where if you want to eat and then have watch a movie you're talking about five hours six hours and you're out of a hundred bucks <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you're not even talking about what you spent on the other stuff right right <laughs> But it's 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 a loved institution that is, you know. I mean, obviously they'll probably sell to somebody, but it's still kind of heartbreaking. Hmm. Yeah, I can just hear in the back of my head somehow how I'm going to get run over by a bus for saying this. Hmm. But I think you're absolutely right. There are just so many more interesting and important things to be talking about and concentrating on. Mm-hmm than the content of some 80-year-old book. Yeah. I mean, like, Alamo Drafthouse going out of business is, is, has major ramifications. <laughs> like, I don't watch movies anywhere else except for Alamo Drafthouse. I don't want to watch movies. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what now? I'm just going to watch movies at home? I mean, I guess that's what I've been doing for a year. So now we're back to this idea of like, well, I guess we're just eternally locked down. If I can't have Alamo draft house. <laughs> you got to wear a mask yeah. in your house. <laughs> or perseverance. I mean, go look up what that is mm-hmm. and how they did that. And, and all of like the Easter eggs too. Like there's a whole message embedded in the pattern of the parachute that like descends this thing from this, this ship that's going what, like. 70,000 miles an hour and like somehow manages to enter orbit and then slow down enough to like land on the surface. And there's a parachute involved at one stage and there's a hidden message embedded in the <laughs> fabric of the parachute. <laughs> how interesting is that? Mm-hmm. How is it that we're not talking about, how are we talking about anything else? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's so many fascinating things and people are doing amazing things right now. It's like, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, part of it is probably us also discussing those things more, you know, it's like, that might be, yeah. Um, but it's really hard because the, there's the noise and it's like, you kind of want to make sense of the noise because that it somewhat takes over the conversation. So you feel like you have to address the noise. Right. Um, like where you and I, we have so many conversations that are outside the noise mm-hmm. and, you know, we're talking about business. We're talking about the future. We're talking about, you know, our kids, our relationships and, yeah. and these are things that are affecting everyone, no matter what their social or political or, you know, economical or skin or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, it's interesting. I would guess that most people's personal relationships involve almost all conversations about that. Mm-hmm. It's when you go online. Oh, interesting. That stuff isn't interesting to people outside of your local relationships. And mm-hmm. so it doesn't 
sell. It doesn't get the clicks. It's not engaging. And so what's more engaging is this more sort of like aloof stuff. Well, I don't know. I, I might push back on that a little bit. Okay. Because I do find I do find it that people are that they bring that world into their world. Yeah, definitely. And it does affect them. Yeah, I'm not saying it's only online or it doesn't oh, okay, gotcha, yeah. come into the real world. <laughs> I just mean like in your close relationships, are you talking much about that stuff or mm-hmm. more about the stuff that you mentioned? Business, kids, all these other things mm-hmm. that aren't talked, people just don't talk about online all that much. Yeah. My suspicion is that in real personal relationships, that's what you talk about. Well, I, it makes me wonder, like, how is it, how is the, the national or even international dialogue been captured by things that most people are in their daily lives? Like, I think about business people across the board, you know, no matter what you're you know, race or whatever it is. It's like, it's like, we're all facing the same thing. You know, it's like, how do I stay in business? How do I, how do I make it through this next month, make payroll or how do I hire good people? You know, it's, it's, there's all these questions that we have that are, you know, I just feel like the, I don't, I don't feel like what the, Again, just mainstream media is just such like a blanket sort of like, it just doesn't feel like real life. I feel like there's a, I guess I'm, I feel like there's a soap opera happening in this like mainstream media area. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it doesn't really apply to me or to us, I think in general, but it's almost like we're drawn into that Mm -hmm. reality, into that narrative rather than. Ah, oh, shoot. That's a whole nother conversation about like, I, I don't think, I don't think our media is, are, is being responsible. Like I, that, I, that's, that's the fundamental thing. I think absolutely not. I would, I would almost put above our politics. I think our media is the main problem. Mm-hmm. Even whether you agree with Trump or Biden, that's not my issue. I think our media is the main issue. You think the media is a bigger issue than social media or are you grouping those? I think it's bigger than social media. Okay. Cause I think, I think our, I think our media is, is probably, I, I, I almost think they have the, the most control. I think they're losing it right now because mm-hmm. they've jumped the shark. Well, that is interesting. It does seem like the media's main job right now is to get viral content into social media. Mm-hmm. And so they are whipping up, content to stir up the narrative Mm -hmm. and the more, you know, the more they can put something uh, controversial out that there are people who will vehemently disagree with and people who will vehemently uh, protect and and support the more retweets, the more Mm -hmm. comments, the better. Yeah. And, you know, I don't even think they have to be particularly like malevolent to do that. Mm-hmm. They just have to want to keep their jobs. Yeah, true. So I, I, I think you're right. I agree. <clears throat> Damn it, that's frustrating though. Yeah. <laughs> well, we should end on like a like a positive note of some sort. <laughs> we kind of like. Um, but we kind of started on a positive note. We did. Yeah. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there might be some change. I yeah. think, I, you know, I think this mm-hmm. is going to be, well, there's always going to be change. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I noticed uh, yesterday, or maybe it was Monday, a massive difference. So I've been sending two of my kids to school in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has been fairly uh, poorly at- attended just by judging by like the line of cars during drop off and pickup, hmm. got the impression not many people were sending their kids to school in person. Yeah. The line 
quadrupled in length. Oh, wow. On Monday at pickup. That's interesting. Yeah. I was shocked. I was like, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just, you know, people were stuck inside for a week with the, <laughs> the snow apocalypse. And, you know, they were like, all right, it's time. Uh-huh. You know, but it kind of just does. I'm, I'm noticing things that it just kind of feels like, all right, it's time. Mm-hmm. We're going to move the risk line a little bit. Yeah. And people are starting to do maybe some cost benefit analysis of, okay, it's going to be a cost in terms of some risk, but the benefit outweighs that. So mm-hmm. let's start changing a bit. Yeah. And honestly, I was real happy. <laughs> I was like, I got to the car line and it was so long and I thought I'm going to be here for 30 minutes. And I just sat in my car and I was just like, Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> That's funny. I'm glad to sit in my car for 30 minutes so I can pick up my daughter at school. Cause that's what you do. Uh huh. You know, yeah. I'm with a bunch of other parents doing the same thing, mm-hmm. picking up our kids from their day at school. And we're all going to ask them how they would, how their day was when they got in the car. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to love hearing about it. Um, I was just like, yes, real life inconvenience. I want this. <laughs> totally. So that's uh, a positive. Note. I like that. I okay. like that. All right. Well, thanks for coming out to the shores guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite the riff. It was. I'm excited. Good. Me too. Yeah, definitely. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening, everyone. Definitely. Bye. Bye.